Welcome to the Are We Still Here podcast. Happy New Year. This is episode 31 and we are in 2022. How are you feeling, Sash? I'm feeling good because uh, you can't see me, but I am sat in as if you could put my legs on two stirrups and I could have a baby. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't see your legs either, which sounds probably like a good idea as well. Dan's working in the kitchen and I don't want to disturb him. So I'm sat on the bed and I and my legs are parted and my feet are relatively together and I've got two cushions and then the laptop sat. So um, it's very comfy. And I think this might be my pod position from now on. I'm going to ask you at the end of the hour, though, whether your legs are aching in that position. You know what? I'm going to say like it the whole time now and I'm going to there's a mirror in front of me. I'm going to take a picture. And we'll see if I can stay like this for, for a while. But hey, anyway, enough about me. <laughs> the stirrup episode. <laughs> oh, so Jess and I were thinking um, it's the beginning of the year. Obviously, we can't we can't keep away from the fact that it's New Year, New Me vibes. Um, so we thought we'd go into the idea of goal setting, but how important it is to spend some time thinking about them and not um choosing one that you think you should choose because I don't know your mum called you fat or something <laughs> I don't know all these things that happen all these outside um, influences so we're going to go through a bit about goal alignment um you know uh, a bit of a reality check about how long these certain things take um and just a bit about what was the third thing oh um if weight loss because obviously you know again we can't stay away from the fact that weight loss is a popular one um what you actually need to do maybe to actually do that which is Mm. the the question in everyone's heads right definitely it's it's not we said before it's like there's an element of certain goals which and and a skill right Uh, for example if you want to lose weight, then uh, Sash did it in an email the other day. There's a very simple equation of how uh, to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight. You can fine for free. Yeah, and it's and it's like on paper, everything does seem really simple. The same with if someone said, I want to gain muscle, you could prescribe a generic muscle building program to go to the gym and lift four times a week and uh, that person would build muscle but it's what you do in the other hours of the week and hours of the day that contribute to where people get like blinded or confused by why it's not working and what's what what the crack is there and also the mass and mass and mass and mass amount of information that is out there we had a conversation this morning didn't we Sasha about like at the moment and you might go on Sasha I's Instagram page and see one thing and then scroll down your feed and get a coach's totally different opinion and you're like oh hold on a second those opinions are different and this is why like there's many ways to skin a cat and so ultimately you need to find like values that most align with what you're about but also like question the why on stuff so if someone does say something and you agree with it and it makes sense and like it all seems legit then do your own little research on it because you can't trust just like one little nugget of information that you see here and there 
And that's the thing that I think we need to be more aware of as coaches. Yeah. But as you guys or potential clients of any coach or whatever, just general population is to be more skeptical. Mm. Just we, the thing is we, we do is that we see someone who's in a position of power and we automatically think that whatever they say is true because I don't know, uh, they seem confident or they look a certain way or they have loads they of have clients 10, followers. followers or, or, you know, they're busy in the gym and, and none of those things tell you how much they actually know. And also if what they're saying is true, be really skeptical. Mm. And I think that's probably one of the most important things. And the reason why people end up in like a bit of a shit position is because they didn't ask enough questions at the beginning yeah it's it it's funny isn't it because it's all like you said the misalignment that we mentioned at the beginning it's like you've already started to go down that garden path and then you're like what the hell I've ended up in the wrong place and then you have to reverse it a little bit um and and you mentioned this today in regards to um things that you've been speaking about with OPEX and stuff it's it's where people think the solution and, and it's difficult, isn't it, right? Because um, sometimes the best way to find out that something doesn't work is to do it, unfortunately, for a lot of people, which is hard. But yeah. if you're getting people, if you if you don't want to do that, if you don't want to learn the hard way, which is doing it and then realising it shouldn't be, there are ways to, uh, um, I don't know, kind of future-proof it by doing more research, being more sceptical, hiring an expert, to help you out with it there are other ways to kind of go away from that if so I don't know say time is of the essence efficiency is the of the essence like it's what matters to you the most um but almost everyone wants everything yesterday as we say all the time um so if you're in your mind's eye you're like oh I need to be this by x time frame then it's very very important that you have the right plan from the beginning exactly so that whole alignment thing obviously it's very important because a lot of what we say we want and what we actually do don't align whatsoever um and a lot of you know a lot of women or or men or whatever come to Jess and I and you know they'll say what's the classic I want to lose a bit of weight and I want to be more toned I want to build a bit of muscle and blah 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 like very simple goal, the way each individual would do that is so different. It's mm. so it's so different that I can try and think of like I can't think of a specific way for 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 an average person because it literally doesn't work like that. You got mm. genetics, um, you got playing sport as a kid or or being what you know like um we always say you know like Lucy Davis had a six-pack when she was five mm. you know what I mean it's like and people are oh you, you know it's easy for you to say you've got a six-pack it's like she had it when she was five years old goes to show yeah and it's obviously she trains very hard she works very hard but she even comes out and says guys I didn't have to try and get this I've had this my whole life so stop thinking that it's the be all and end all when I literally came out of the womb and I had that you know genetics such a big role in it and it doesn't mean that we should let them determine you know oh there's no point me doing it because I haven't got good genetics of course but we can't ignore something so solid as you know the genetic influence that it has on us so it's so hard to think with that goal that's why that's why a simple 
google.com macro calculator what i put in my email is just like okay now you've got a, an arbitrary number written down on the piece of paper and you and okay you follow it and you know might do some it might not mm. it's funny as well because it's like a lot of people um get their certain uh, aesthetics or uh, performance what what's the saying is it um it's not what they do it's in spite of what they do <laughs> literally but, yeah yeah it's something like that isn't it and it's like for example like you might see somebody who has got your version of a quote-unquote dream body right and um you think oh my god like that's amazing look at like look at how they look I wish I looked like that whatever it might be and and they might say um I um I fast for 12 hours a day um I only eat this I um whatever and they might do something that doesn't align with your values at all but they look the way that they do not because of that not because of the fasting not because of the whatever but in spite of that probably because it's just genetics that they look that way and if they did something different and maybe ate regular meals they might look a little bit different but maybe not a lot actually maybe they'd look exactly the same but you're never going to know because the evidence isn't there for you to go well that's situation a and that's situation b it's 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 a real tricky it's a real tricky one but reminding yourself of that frequently I think is something that I would have benefited a lot from in the beginning of my health and fitness journey thinking that if I do this program I will look like that or them or if I eat like this I will look like that or them I will perform like that whatever when in reality it was like no <laughs> it's like it's 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 an experiment of your own health like you'll understand what works for you yeah. I had this conversation with a client the other day and I was saying like, we were talking about um, her breakfast, for example, and we've got her into a regular routine of having breakfast because before she wasn't. And we've kind of like graduated onto some Weetabix in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I do feel full for a little bit, but she's kind of way off any sort of protein in her diet throughout the rest of the day. It's not really like a focus anywhere else. So we kind of was discussing like, is there any ways that, is there anything you would like in the morning as a snack at your breakfast that might help get you some more protein into your diet if you're already struggling with your lunch and your dinner and stuff and it was like having a little bit of a think of how you can make those improvements for things that you can do long term because me giving her a meal plan of eat this eat that will only last a short period of time because we all like what we like we all we all have habits of what we like to do and we can do consistently and that's what gets you to where you want to be by finding the things you enjoy and being able to do them regularly that aligns with your values and your goals in some sort of way. No, exactly. No, yeah, you're, you're totally right. And it's, and changing that can be hard, especially when you just hired someone and suddenly they come in and be like, oh, you know, you've been eating that breakfast for 25 years. Yeah, get rid of it. Not good enough. And you're like, what? What? No, I, <laughs> I love my, uh, I don't know, Cocoa Pops or Weetabix or, you know, why do I have to change it? It's like, well, you've come to me with a goal and I'm trying to help you get there in the best way possible. And to get there, it might be worth not necessarily removing that, but adding alignment. Yeah, exactly. Adding, adding that alignment. And, and that's when it obviously becomes an education piece because obviously we were just talking about being skeptical. What you should then ask as a client is why? Yeah. Why? Okay. Uh, Jess, why, um, why is Weetabix not good enough for my breakfast if I want to get stronger and you know 
um, lose a bit of body fat and have more muscle definition. And then obviously you can go into it. Yeah. You don't ask that. They just go, okay, whatever you say. Yeah. And it's like, you need to be, you need to be curious. You need to be asking those questions. Yeah. And it's even like, I, I said to this client, you, you do know why I'm recommending that, don't you? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, tell me, tell me why I'm recommending that. And she's like, oh, cause I know it'll fill me up. And I know I've got the goal of wanting to um, kind of build some muscles. or I know I need to be having more protein in my diet. And it's like, okay, cool. So you get it. So now you can join the dots up rather than going, oh, I've just been told what to do. Like we're not at school. You don't need to just be told, right. You can only go for a wee at this time, right? Your lunch breaks at 12.15. Like that's not it. It's like, you need to understand the why. I always say that about like meal plans. Like one, not only is it not regulated for any coaches, PTs to be giving out meal plans in the UK. It's literally dietitians and nutritionists go to uni for that um to to be able to even have that as part of their job role but at the same time it's like I always imagine it as like getting the answers to a test me giving you a meal plan is going here is 100% on a test go and do this exam you're gonna get 100% people can do it but then you go how how did you get the how did you get the workings out for that 100% like that was amazing that score and they're like and it's like mindlessly yeah. And it's like, you can't, re- like, you can't repeat that with confidence if you don't get it. Similar to any education in your life, like copying the answers on a test from somebody is never going to get you feeling good about yourself in any way, shape or form about your knowledge. No, exactly. And that's why obviously neither of us will, will ever, ever do that shit because we're not qualified for it. No, but you're right. It's about you ask okay, why this? But also, like, I like your thing that you said, get them to say it back to you because they are, that that client is more likely to go away and actually action it because they know why. If they think, oh, well, I want this. Um, so, I sh- so I really need to be doing this. They're more likely to do it than if we just tell them and they read it on a piece of paper and then they carry on. So they'll be like, I don't even know why. Yeah. And that's when it's not coaching. It's just, here's a fucking PDF, whatever, go and do it. And, and there's there's an element of like that constant feedback in there as well. There's like a feedback loop. So everybody knows surely by now that eating vegetables makes you feel good, makes you have a little bit more energy. Yeah. Everyone knows, everyone knows that there's nutrients in yeah. vegetables, more, more nutrients in vegetables than there is in something like a chocolate bar, perhaps. Right. I mean, so, I hope so. <laughs> we all, we all hopefully know that we all know the basics of it. But does that make it any easier for us to maybe choose to have some vegetables over chocolate? No, not necessarily, which is why we want to be constantly doing that like feedback loop and making sure, like we've said, you are in alignment with your goals. Okay, how do I feel when I have that in comparison to that? Well, actually, that served a purpose for, I don't know, a bit of a sugar hit. If I had the chocolate bar, it maybe was that perfect three o'clock feeling on a Friday afternoon, whatever it is. Okay, served a different purpose. But what's your what we're speaking about here is more energy, feeling better. Yeah, I definitely noticed that I felt more energized when I was having more vegetables in my diet. Okay, proof proof is in like the, the pudding, basically. We, we're using it as a feedback loop. And I think that's what's hard for a lot of clients because me and Sash can say, do this, do that. But you need to get good at that self-reflection of, oh, oh yeah, actually, that's a really good point. I do notice that when I do 
10,000 steps a day, I feel less tired and lethargic and like, or I sleep better. And then when I sleep better, the next day I feel better. And it's like, you need to ask yourself those questions because Sasha and I will do it when we catch up with you for sure. But that's how it makes it more like autonomous in the future because you get the best, you become the best detective for your own health. Exactly. But I think what a lot of the issue, an issue is, is that a lot of people do that stuff mindlessly. Mm. So they get in really, you should, like you said, you should recognize what you're doing and how it makes you feel because otherwise you're just so unaware of what you're doing. So if you know that, you know, this is why I always say like, oh, the reason I, I, I'm good at sleeping is because I went through a stage of being really shit with it and I felt so terrible. Yeah, yeah. The proof was in the practice. The proof was in the pudding. Like you said, it's like, okay, I know that if I do that, I feel like shit and I don't get anything done and work's hard, training's hard, everything's hard, I eat shit. Do it. Yeah. Do it wrong. Do it wrong. So then when you do it right, you're like, ah. Yeah. It's like, you know about it. And it's like, even doing like little experiments, like little self, if you can convince yourself to do it for three days, seven days, like, where you it's a realistic time frame where you can use it as a little bit of like a hypothesis I think that after seven days of me like a prime example this week so we're on Wednesday I've got up every morning and I've meditated for 10 minutes that's all because I always find it hard to do any longer than that especially in the beginning 10 minutes and I've done some sort of exercise every single morning before I've started work before Christmas I was getting to the habit of doing it later in the day and it was kind of disrupting my day a little bit so I thought do you know what January I'll start a different routine and see how I feel I feel loads more alert I feel loads more focused this is telling me that this is maybe a good future reference of how I should be working throughout the day with my with my uh, workout routine with uh, improving mental clarity so it's like using those sort of elements of feedback that anyone can do at any time and it's like doesn't you and if you kind of argue yeah Jess I've got three kids I ain't got time for 10 minute meditation in the morning or even a workout in the morning okay but have you got the opportunity to take five deep breaths while the kettle's boiling yeah I can do that that because that takes under 60 seconds okay that's your form of meditation yeah Yeah, I think it always just comes back to the oh it's not going to do anything isn't it that drives me mad (laughs) it's It's somehow interesting it's like of course it's not going to do anything in the first day. Do you honestly think that taking five deep breaths when the kettle's boiling is going to change your day? No. Yeah. Obviously. Is doing that every single day for the next 10 years? Probably, yeah. Because you know why? Because you'll probably think, oh, you know, I like doing this. I'm going to do it more. And then you'll find five minutes in the day to do it. But we need to get out of our head that we do one thing good and suddenly like we're in a good position because it fucking don't work like that. And if it did we'd all be living the dream yeah you know but it's just like sometimes it's like these these are the things that people don't do like be be the person that does and take fucking pride in that because there's so many people who go through life bumbling along knowing what they should be doing and not doing it and then just passing the buck on to someone else oh it's my uh, mom's fault it's my partner's fault oh my dog fucking did something I don't know like have some pride in the fact that just okay what if you are the person that does it yeah be the person and be the the one of the only people maybe in your friendship group or family circle or whatever 
that puts your foot down and be like, no, I'm not going to end up like that. You know, I'm actually going to do what I said I'm going to do. And I listened to, uh, on, a, on my run this morning, I listened to um, Nims, the guy from 14. Oh, yeah, 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 14 Peak. Yeah, he was on the, the High Performance podcast. I listened to that this morning. And he was like, like he's one of those people, like, he comes from a military background and stuff. So, of course, his mindset is very much like, yeah, there's there's one way and that's like, you, you either like try like you've got to try before you can fail like there's no like oh I, I failed before even giving it a go and there's elements of that where I think people can take so many like life lessons because it's like um you don't have to be in this like super um super driven mindset all the time but having that kind of like sense of purpose and and knowing that you are doing something that's in your control is really empowering isn't it yeah it is absolutely yeah no I think yeah and you you don't have to be super super driven all the time but maybe get like I've been doing this thing recently where I'll notice that I'm doing something that I don't want to be doing and Mm. I'll say out I literally say it out loud obviously when I'm on my own (laughs) um but for example um over Christmas you know I, I had to isolate for a bit whatever I was getting into, um, I was going to bed a bit later and then I was waking up later and not having enough time to do the stuff in the morning. That's obvious, obvious, mm. obvious. But I was just doing it over and over again. I literally woke up and I said out, out loud, <laughs> like a loser in my bed. I was like, Sasha, you're tired now and it's time to get up because you keep going to bed later. And so tonight you're going to go to bed at normal time. And it'll be hard, but you just need to do it because you know exactly what you're doing. I do those little bits of speeches in the day. I'm glad I'm glad you, you do them as well. Yeah. Do you know what it reminds me of as well? What? Um, recently over Christmas, I watched Love Actually. And do you know oh, yeah. the guy who's in love with his best friend's kids oh, okay. nightly? And then when he calls it a day with her and like he does the little signs outside a house and then she gives him a kiss and then he goes, enough now, enough. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah, no, I like that because sometimes you've got to say that. You've got to say it out loud to go, that's yeah, it. Because it makes it, it makes it real. Mm-hmm. I've done and it. He knows the narrative and we do. Exactly. And it's speaking of like him doing it for Kira Knightley and whatever. Like I've done it in in past toxic vibe relationships where I've just gone now, you know, the end. Yeah. Anymore. Fucking fix it now. You know, and that's all it's almost like you're a friend telling you know, if my friend was going through it, it's what I'd say to them. But it's like, be your be your own mate now. Yeah, it is. It's your best friend. I'd say, cut the shit. Yeah. Don't speak to them. Look at the state of you. Look at look at what they're doing to you. And this, and you could stop this instantly, but you're not doing it. Ask ask yourself why, and fucking get rid of them now. That's what I'd say to my best mate if they were doing that. Say it to yourself. I, that's what I'd say if if one of my best friends was doing, you know binge drinking and doing a load of gear and um you know and they just felt shit I'd be like what are you doing like, you know you know this is no good for you just fucking stop yeah it is it's like you you've got to be able to call yourself out at those moments in time and like and and re- like one of my clients said it in a check-in this week about like um like Christmas and I think it was maybe to do with like going to bed late or like not drinking enough water and stuff and she said about like 
I just need to call myself out on my own bullshit, like why I feel so rubbish. And it's like, that's, that's like great because that's a really useful tool to have. And you know that it's it's no one else's responsibility but your own. And I think I wrote an email about this just before Christmas, which is like, we're all so easy to pass the book onto something else, even when it is even part of us, I think sometimes, which is like that willpower or motivation. It almost seems like it's not us. Oh, it's because when I was born, God didn't put enough willpower in my bucket. Like when I was born into this earth, she put a little bit extra in for everyone else. And it's like, well, no, because it's still, that's still you. You're still pretending it's, it's not you like um and there is a difference between um oh, what was what was on that nims on that podcast today he said something about like um uh it, it was something about excuses and um it made me laugh loads <laughs> he's great i love in peaks <laughs> yeah it was really good I, I, after you'd said about it i i wanted to watch it i'm trying to think what they said Luna. Luna's just decided to take full. She wants a bit of warmth. She's so pretty. She looks like silk. She's very soft, isn't she? Luna, just for reference, everyone. Um, I've just been sat with my arms crossed and she's just decided to sit on my folded arms. <laughs> she looks very, very cozy. Mm. Um, yeah, so misalignment with girls. Let's let's go through go through some examples when it comes to um a goal and whether it's in your grasp to achieve it. I'm not saying oh it's too hard or whatever but realistically like for, for example I am 40 uh, no I'm not I'm 30 I'm at home <laughs> <laughs> I'm 30 I'm training at home I have one five kilo dumbbell and mm. my goal is to um get as strong as I can yeah the goal if you want to get as strong as you can fine you do not you are not in the environment to achieve it this isn't me being like oh don't take it away from me don't you know don't tell me you know never let anyone tell you that you can't do something you know all that it's like no you you literally you can't do it you got a five kilo dumbbell yeah to the point where you could lob that dumbbell across the room because it's too light Mm. can't do it that's when you just got to be realistic with yourself it's like um give me some other what are some other examples like, I think that's a good awareness thing like I've had clients like that in the beginning and and it's just because they don't really know any better about the the what the like perception of what weight is what what's yeah, gonna be yeah. heavy like mm-hmm. I've had a client who's literally just started strength training and she's got some light dumbbells and, and she's already said to me, she's like, oh, I've nearly noticed that on the rows, I feel like they're really easy, but on the press, I find them really hard. And I'm like, yeah, because you are, you're going to notice that there's like uh, discrepancies between what you feel is easy and what you feel is hard. Mm-hmm. And this is already highlighting that the equipment that you've got isn't in line with what you need, but mm-hmm. you almost needed that in the beginning. Because if when she first started, I said, you've got to get this, you've got to get this, you've got to get this. And it's like, some people need to evolve through that, that journey on their own. And a lot of my clients um, sometimes start out with me working out at home and then almost decide that they feel ready for the gym or they feel ready to buy some heavier weights or turn the garage into a gym. And I think that's well cool because it's like, that's an evolve, like the way that they evolve on their own journey, but that would have scared the living daylights out of them at the beginning. Absolutely. And that is just you being honest and if mm. you lie, you know if, if 
someone said now I've got fucking two two kilo dumbbells a, a set of tin of beans or whatever I want a hundred kilo deadlift if you said yeah yeah um it's possible enough, blah, 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 you'd be doing your client a disservice but yeah. on the other hand I don't know I've had for example I've got a client who um I've been training for a while we, and when we went into the um November lockdown you know the just the four week yeah. <laughs> one um she messaged me I didn't even say anything to her and she messaged me and said I'm not um there's no way I'm uh letting it slip this lockdown now and she sent me over a list and she'd ordered two 12 kilos two 15 kilos two 17s two 20s a rack a watt bike um a barbell plates all that shit right of course it, you know she was in the financial position to just you know blow a load of money on it mm. totally fine in that case she if she said to me I want to get as strong as I possibly can in the environment that I'm in I'd be like yeah sure we can do that yeah and then but then you have to think about what environment really means time constraints how often can you train um if you're training for strength specifically then what's your recovery protocols like um, you're going to need to have a rest day on this day. Oh, but I also want to run. Okay, so you're going to have to make sure that after each run, depending on the intensity of the run, how many days are you going to need to recover from that? Blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, that's when you need to zoom out and look at it as a whole and fit. And that's when like the whole individual program is, is what's the word? It's not only is it important, but it's the only way. Yeah, yeah. It's the only way. Um, and she needs then a program that is going to, you know, busy, very busy job, two kids, all this, blah, blah, blah. It's very doable, but it's not easy to figure that out. It needs a big old whiteboard. That's what it needs. Yeah. Oh, Luna, you're melting my heart. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> she makes me laugh when I'm like this. So I'm talking to Sash now. She's sat on my folded arms and I'm scratching her head. And then I'll start and she'll literally look up at me like, excuse me, can you help uh she's like uh you were stroking my head and and now you're not <laughs> look at that little face look <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny um, okay so let's go over a more of a cardio based one so okay i want to run a marathon mm-hmm. um i want to do it in june and I have never run before in my life. Okay. Um, and the thing is, as well, like we've said this before, right? There's nothing, me and Sash can't stop people from doing no. anything. We also can't make people do anything. But what we can say is like, realistically, you probably, like someone who's never run before, you could probably do the marathon. Oh, but, yeah. but it depends what you're wanting to get out of that. Are you just wanting to cross the line and you literally don't care about the time? Um, are you wanting to be prepared that because you've never run before, there might be a few injuries along the way, like all these different things. And it's almost just kind of giving that prescription before, because like I say, our job isn't to say, yes, yes, you can. No, you can. It's to go, these are the facts. You make your own decision based off those facts. And if you still say, I want to do it, then we're here to help you do it in the safest way that we can yeah. with all those caveats. Absolutely. And it's like, yeah, exactly. Here's the, here's the truth. The truth is that the first question I like to ask is, what's a marathon again? 26.2. 20, don't forget the not, not point 0.2. 
I would say, can you walk 26.2 miles? Oh, no, definitely not. Okay, we ain't going to fucking run it then, are you? <laughs> I, I also think if someone to me, you've got to walk 26.2 miles. I think obviously because when you're running it so much quicker, I'd be like, oh, CBA. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, some, so it's not like, oh, I, you need to do that. Yeah. So in a in a lot of um um try and say this without being too um science <laughs> I'm just I'm literally talking to myself with with cardiovascular car oh you know with cardio or whatever obviously the goal is to do it aerobically and sustainably the whole time for gem pop athletes uh, specific event whatever yeah okay you might go into some high intensity like lactic work but say you're doing aerobic training the goal is to get to the end and then this is all I, oh I always say in my comments like you're not gonna do it again right but if you had to if someone came up with a machine gun <laughs> to your head and said you need to rest now for 15 minutes and then do it again could you yeah really Guys, if, if, you know, we said ask yourself questions and, you know, have the conversation with yourself. That is such a good question for if you're ever doing um, cardio as to if it was benefiting you aerobically, which is why we do cardio for health, by the way, to build aerobic sustainable fitness. Could you, if you had to rest and then repeat the whole thing again and feel fine? Mm. You're not going to. Never, probably. Ever. But could you? And it's such a good question because it really makes people think like, and once in fact, my client Kat, she did her, she's got a, a C2 bike at home and she did the, um, her bike session. And usually I say, make sure, you know, she knows by now, I don't have to say it anymore. But at the end she said, funnily enough, um, I messed up the fourth interval and then my bike shut down. So I lost all the data. So I rested for 15 minutes and then did it all again. And it was fine. And in that case, she actually did do it. Um, but it's such a good, that's the thing with like, if someone said, oh, I want to run a marathon. I'm like, okay, well, you're going to be running technically for, if it's a total beginner, what, five to six hours? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, so, probably, yeah, five to six hours. But yeah, obviously ballpark. Um, mm -hmm. But I would just say like, do you reckon you could walk for six hours and, and feel okay? And if the answer is no, then, you know, you've got a fucking lot of work to do. And that's when I would yeah, just yeah. lay it out, like work from, okay, so marathon is here. You need to be able to do this, to do that, to do this, to do that, to do this, to do that, to do this, all the way back, whatever. And that's if, if all your ducks are in a row. Mm -hmm. you know, what if you miss two weeks and you hurt your knee and then um, you get sick and then you get COVID and then you get this, like, that's like ideal scenario vibes yeah okay add in some you know busy work and life constraints and whatever totally different story and that's why we have to remember that we're not athletes and we're humans and this stuff happens so what do you think about you know when you see um like we spoke about before like the david goggins of the world the people who are like quite extreme with the fitness quite the extreme <laughs> in quite extreme fucking goggins goggins yeah but like I, I even think back to um i don't know if it was, it was his book or a podcast i listened to where he was on where it was like he just decided one day he was going to do like a marathon and he's like obviously his level of fitness was really high to start with but when he even talks about his training in, in order to get into it was the navy seals he was in wasn't it yeah, yeah i think it was um, seals, yeah and uh, it was like his training like for him to lose because he had quite a lot of weight to lose to be able to even like 
qualified to be considered or whatever it was. And he would literally go to the gym and he'd be like, I just do 300 bench press a day. And it's like, but you know, when you're like, but, but why David, <laughs> why? But it's like, obviously for him in some way, shape or form, it worked, right? Quote unquote, it worked. But like, he does talk about, I think in this podcast, it might've been the Joe Rogan one, actually. He does talk about like how later in life he had to start doing yoga and stuff because he was getting all these really bad, like uh, injuries and ailments. And it's like, we're not saying it's not possible. You can, you can do it, but it's like at what sacrifice for other things later on. And it's like, if you are willing to just do it and be like, I can do it, which is a weird thing with the fitness industry. People, some, some people love to just be able to say they can do it, but it's like, they're not looking at the end, the end of it. And Sash puts it really well, which is people sacrifice health for fitness. And it's like, totally bizarre. But it's like, but for some people, it's like, that's not bizarre. It's yeah. like, they're, it's almost like achievement and endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, Goggins, fucking hell. <laughs> it's, um, he, the thing is, right, he is an extreme. He is so. Yeah, there's, there's quite a lot of them like it, though. The, the ones yeah. that are in the limelight the most are those. And it, it probably goes back to what we said before, because it's like looking after your health feeling quite uh, stress-free, sleeping well, like enjoying your food isn't extreme. Like it's, it's all quite, it's very normal. Like that's it. Exactly. And you have to remember peak fitness is not peak health. Mm. So let's talk just because I, just because I know, and it, it, it's easy for me to talk about, so I could probably be a bit more detailed on it for like CrossFit, for example, Mm. And you're about to go into, let's talk about, let's, since we're going extremes, let's talk extreme and think Matt Fraser won it five, four or five times. Mm-hmm. Um, his peak fitness, right, when he was going into the games, as in like the week before, he ain't in a good position health-wise. He knows this. I've heard him say it on, on many podcasts and in his book and whatever. That is not he is literally like at the end of the line there he's don't get me wrong he's in his peak fitness so he is in a position where he can perform to the best of his ability and he'll fucking win and he Mm -hmm. did over and over again if he went to the doctor to have his bloods checked they'd probably be like oh my god are you okay (laughs) yeah but that's what we have to remember that it's like if you do want that and he was more than willing you know I I, I know um quite a, quite a few um professional athletes who have been to the Olympics and or are going to the Olympics and I've had many conversations with them because I used to bloody live with them and they'll tell you, you it's not about health you don't become an athlete yeah. because you want to be healthy you become an athlete because you're willing to sacrifice that to be the best in sometimes the world mm-hmm. but the thing is we see the Goggins of the world and that, and we are so like, okay, he's motivational. That's literally his job right now, isn't it? Doesn't he like do yeah, like a speaker probably, yeah. And yeah, he's like, I, um, you know, I had all these blisters and my toenails were falling off and I, I couldn't breathe, but I still kept going, man. I was like, right, <laughs> good, good for you. Good for <laughs> I you, like mate. my toenails. <laughs> good for you, mate, like high five bravo however that is him yeah for me personally and Jess I I think you'd say the same um I can give a fuck 
<laughs> I um but that used to, I used to think I used to think that was what was inspiring yeah. do you know what I mean oh, oh my god me too are you kidding I used to watch the cr- CrossFit um the next and still, still an element of like awe when you watch yeah. those programs right absolutely I watched okay I'm about to embarrass myself but the first one um what was it called I can't remember the first CrossFit documentary that came out about the games. I think I watched that 10 to 15 times. Mm-hmm. I, I had no interest in doing it. I had no interest in even trying to do it, but I absolutely loved, and this is like, you know, people would say, oh, Sasha, you're not into like, um, you know, extremes and whatever. I'm like, no, I'm in awe. Fuck yeah, me. that's it. it even yeah. look at 14 Peaks, right? It's like, it's watching, oh God, it's watching something where you're like, it's so so unbelievable and outside of like our comfort zones that you finish watching it and you're like maybe I should climb the 14 peaks of the world do something crazy I want to do this but it's about that does not align with my values whatsoever so I can look at that and be like oh my god they are amazing I am in awe fucking good job congratulations high five that's amazing anyway (laughs) you know but that that's me but then a lot of people see that and and then I'd like to ask the question okay so if you were the only person left on the planet and you would you still want to do it if no one else knew yeah I said this to you the other day didn't I that like someone someone said about uh, social media would you still ha- do half as many things as you do if you couldn't post on social media Dan uh said something to me last night about it oh, I feel like it'd be really good but I feel like I can't ask him shout him in um he said he said would um if you couldn't tell anyone about it would you still do it I think that's a you know what I think that's a really good question to ask someone who's got an extreme girl because there's nothing wrong with wanting to show off and tell your mates and put on Instagram but is that really a good reason to do something doing it for, for you you know like I didn't put um we've had this conversation before but I don't really put any of my training on on Instagram do you not think as well it's like a lot of effort if that's the only reason that you're doing it and, and again on this podcast today this nims guy said um if i was just doing it for the fame and the fortune of saying i've done the 14 peaks he was like i would have easily given up during it he was like but it wasn't about that it was about um doing it for my family making them better off for the future um like uh, raising awareness of like the sherpas in nepal and all that type of stuff and it's like yeah like it has a much more significant reason but I do think that sometimes something that I learned from uh, doing the marathon previously and obviously training for it now is one of the rewards even though it's not about like posting it on Instagram is is like that internal like um uh it, it kind of challenges what you know to be true which is what I really enjoy about it and it's like it, it makes you dig a little bit deeper in regards to oh, like, that's not who I thought I was. And therefore, if that's possible, and I didn't think it was, what else is possible? And that's exciting. And it's the same for somebody who, for example, has never stepped foot in a gym and they go into the gym for the first time. And it's like, oh, I am the person who now goes into a gym. That's exciting. Who? What else could I do that I didn't think was possible? Or I'm the type of person who could walk up, um, walk up, one of the like highest peaks in the Peak District or in England. And that was like unbelievable to think about that a year ago. But it has to be 
your goal. It can't be a borrowed goal. You can't be looking at Goggins on telly. You can't be looking at something else and go, that's what I should be doing because that's when the misalignment comes in. Absolutely. And you also have to remember that these people who go for extremes, they make such big sacrifices that gem pop like us are usually not willing to give up. Like for example, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, um, she's one of the Icelandic uh, yeah. top five she, in the world. She's won it at least a few times, hasn't she? You know, you know what? She's never won it. She's she always she's placed. Been, she's been top three many times, but she never got there. It's Annie who's placed, isn't it? Yes. And then there was one year where she, so she was like second, third, second, third, second, second. So everyone was like, oh God, she'll get it. She'll get it. But then she was like 10th. Mm. And in the documentary, like this is really important for like people who want like to go for extreme things. Like you're not always going to get what you want. You never know how you're going to feel on the day. And she said after that, she said she went into a room on her own and just sat in silence. And she was like, trying to get to the top of something is the loneliest thing you can ever do. You don't see your mates because you're training all the time. You don't see your family because at the time where everyone's sitting together, you have to go to sleep. So you've got to get 10 hours sleep or you won't recover. You don't eat the same as everyone else. You don't go to the pub. You don't go for dinner. You don't do anything. That is it. Mm. If you want to be the best at something, your life is not the same. And it's like people who want to be in the best physique possible. Okay. Well, the people who do that usually aren't married and they usually don't have kids or usually aren't even in a relationship. Their job has usually got something to do with what they look like. Um, their life kind of revolves around it and it's kind of like their lens is very like um, lifestyle, fitness, whatever. Um, but they admit that and that's the thing. But I think they need to talk about that more of the loneliness and how lonely it is to try and be the best all the time. There's, there is, isn't it? Um, uh, I'm just trying, looking at it. Uh, there is a whole documentary on this, which is about like, um, yeah, a consensus statement from the International Olympic Committee found that elite athletes, including Olympians, rates of anxiety and depression may be as high as 45%. Wow. So, and it's like, in it, this, this thing as well talks about uh, the pandemic and the postponement of the Tokyo 2020 Olympics also made... Um, athletes health even worse because it was like they had this this obviously build up and then it got cancelled and everything and it's like there's a whole um documentary in it and I think it might even be about Michael Phelps and it talks about like when he because I can't remember how many medals has he got is it something like 15 or 20 or yeah I think it's in the in the teens or in the early 20s yeah it's like mad and he basically said like when he finished that his sense of purpose totally changed and it was like his he really struggled mentally because it was like, that was his identity. And, and it's like, that's a challenge that those people face, even when um, they stop doing the, 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 these high challenges and extremes is because eventually that has to come to some sort of end Absolutely. because, and, and it's like, either your body will stop you doing it or mentally you need to kind of reframe your perspective. And on a totally unrelated health and fitness topic, but I'm a bit of a Harry Potter geek, so I watched the 20 year anniversary. The oh day. yeah, yeah, yeah. So on And um, it was just really good. Yeah, it's just like like childhood memories and stuff, yeah. is it? But um, uh, Rupert Grint, who plays Ron in it, was basically saying by the end of the films, of the eight years filming, he really struggled with his identity because he only knew how to play that character. 
Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. We all joke about like when Daniel Radcliffe said another thing. I'm like, why is Harry Potter in this? <laughs> why is he, what's he, excuse me, why are you trying to be serious all of a sudden? It's the same as the Friends characters, not necessarily Rachel, because she's actually in loads of stuff. But like, if Joey or Matt LeBlanc or whatever is in a programme, like, why the fuck is Joey playing this geezer? Like, it's Joey. And, and we laugh at it, but it's a real thing. Yeah, for them, they're like yeah. constantly challenged with this identity. Right. It's like, That's the identity thing. Like, I think Ross did an advert for something. I was like, why is Ross advertising like British gas or something? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Ross, stop it. But that's why yeah. you've got to, like, you know, it's in um, so many people's bios because I can, t- it's literally what everyone wants, right? It, you know, if you're a PT, it says, I help people reach their goals um, without missing out on. Uh, mm. their favorite food or um social occasions or whatever because that's what everyone wants everyone wants to be the best but no one wants to change their lifestyle so they're like how can I be the best but keep everything the same you know yeah. and it's, it's like, like yeah, yeah. exactly yeah like, you have to remember that sometimes to get where you want to be you got to make a sacrifice that's just how it is so you know all these coaches advertising like I mean I'm not saying that if you want to be in good shape you can't have these foods I'm not saying that but the people who to do ex- to, to get that extreme body you got to do extreme things and I would never lie and say oh yeah oh you like you like five guys I just use it because I like it how many times mm. a week oh you know I have it Monday Wednesday Friday like it's just like you know I just love it and you know but I want to get in the best shape of my life I'm like okay but the best shape of your life is going to be the best shape of your life whilst consuming three five guys a week so it probably won't be the best shape. It'll be the best shape you can get into whilst doing this. Hey man, don't listen to the clean eaters out there. <laughs> it's yeah. totally possible. Like you can do it. You can do it. It's like, well, yeah, you can do it. But if you genuinely wanted, not that I would advise it, but if getting in the best shape ever possible for like a certain event or whatever, it's like probably be wise maybe mm. to not, have it from five guys two times a week just because it's literally like a bowl of of three thousand calories yeah. um, but that's the thing we're trying to we we want some coaches is, just want to tell people what they want to hear so much that mm-hmm. they're willing to lie which is that um yeah to get there when you're just doing people just service like you get you get in a much better position just telling people the truth and being like if you if this is what you want but the truth this is what you're gonna have to do to get there but I haven't seen it though like I've seen some coaches who uh, not not a mass amount but I've seen some coaches who are like uh, their bio is about while still enjoying uh, the foods that you love or whatever it is and but then they're advertising how you can make a KFC and a McDonald's fit your macros in a day or whatever it is and it's like what, excuse me what are we promoting here <laughs> excuse me how are we what are we doing Honestly, it's everything you know did you see I posted um uh, Dr Josh he you know we were talking about and oh they the, the readers readers listeners don't know we were talking about Noom but we were talking about Noom because it seems to be what everyone's talking about and it said Noom is just simply my fitness pal in a cheap wig yeah and it, it's like all these things are just dieting with a different coat on yeah you know it's like, like oh god it's 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 like um I'm trying to think is it like a Simpsons or a Family Guy episode where they just like come in in a different disguise all the time they're like yeah <laughs> like when we we're only allowed an hour of exercise a day and it's like <laughs> 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 yeah. 
<laughs> get with a moustache on then like glasses the next hour then like a trench coat the next hour <laughs> so funny so funny but but that's the thing like we're, we're you know if we're talking about like diet culture and all that it's like I saw this video the other day and I was like oh my god she's trying she wasn't a PT so I actually genuinely empathized with her because I was like oh my god she's so caught up in this she doesn't even realize that what she's saying is just the same thing as what she said before but she did a video and she was very slim I'm talking like you know when you can see like big delts and like you know I can only see her upper body but she was very like you know slim and lean and she said you know what was the best thing that I ever did for my relationship with food and blah blah and she had a sandwich in front of her right she was like understanding that it's not certain foods that um you know diet culture is so bad that it will tell you that certain foods are bad and whatever and then she went through her sandwich and she was like see I've got like 80 grams of egg whites and I've got cheese and I've got this and I can still lose weight eating this like it fits like my macros and I can still lose weight and then she bit into it and it was almost like fuck you to diet culture and I was like excuse me uh, uh, hello you still it's like people jump out of one pond don't yeah. they? And they're like hey i'm out of diet culture yeah. they're just going to a bigger diet culture pond exactly. and it's it's so hard it's like it's really really difficult because also different movements will have different descriptive elements of what they believe diet culture to be yeah. do you know what i mean like even having an awareness of how much protein is in a food some people will be like oh excuse me that's too yeah. like yeah. why are you yeah. <laughs> that's diet culture you know that it's like what if you are just interested in what's in your food like that's absolutely fine yeah um and it also if you've got like you say the alignment going back to the alignment the whole topic of today it's like if you've got specific goals it requires a certain element of awareness you can't say um I want to lose weight or build muscle and not acknowledge that food has something yeah. to do with that yeah it's almost like we're looking Gem pop sometimes, I'm not calling anyone out, but gem pop sometimes want all the work, they want all the results for doing the least work possible, right? Mm-hmm. Me probably included sometimes. You probably as well, Jess. That's just it's human nature. And it's like with food, like if some if I uh, if I really wanted to build, just because I was talking about shoulders, if I really wanted to build like big muscly shoulders, right? I don't. If I did. I would have to come to terms with I'm going to have to train shoulders probably three times a week, right? Mm-hmm. I probably have to eat a bit more food, probably a bit more protein. Um, if if it was my really random goal of getting, and that's, that's the thing. That's what you have to do in order to get that. The end. No one can argue that is what you have to do, but no one would say, "Oh well, um, I'm just going to try and get away with. I'm just going to do it once a week, and I'm not going to eat anymore." And you know, I, you know, I'll just try and get that but we do that with food it's like Mm. guess what guys if you want to lose a substantial amount of weight you're gonna have to get in get the idea in your head that you're gonna have to not eat as much and you might be a little bit hungry sometimes Mm -hmm. sorry but that's it that's the truth and there's too many coaches out there saying oh yeah you can do you can do that you can stay exactly how you are but you can lose weight if you just um you know swap this and, and and whatever and it's like no guess what you might be hungry yeah and and that's the the fact isn't it that's the bit that we were saying about earlier is that's for us to kind of say and if someone says well I don't like being hungry then you can go okay well you don't have to you don't have to do that goal you have you have to then make that decision of like is is it worth it the cost benefit equation is the cost of 
like being hungry all the time worth the benefit of losing a little bit of body fat you know and that's that's for some people right some people won't experience that so there's always be yeah so that's just like an example and it's like for example for example if I if I tried to um and I have done it before just again experiments stuff like that where I've dropped my calories I'm hungry and do you know what I also get impacted by I feel really cold because it's like my body's like going into like extra conversation and that uncomfortableness is not worth it for me yeah you know what and good for you that's that's literally you admitting um that it's not worth it for you and the thing is people see that as them like wimping out and I'm like no it's not so I've got a client who like wants to uh, at the moment she like she she wants she loves food and she really wants there's probably everyone actually in the world <laughs> she wants she wants to lose a bit of weight but she really loves food and she really not only does she hate being hungry but being hungry actually causes her to feel like unhealthy levels of anxiety because she feels like she's um she feels like her brain's not working properly and she feels tired and it's like this whole other like separate side of her right what do you say okay but you want to lose weight right yeah but you you the thought of being even a little bit hungry sends you fucking under yeah okay but you don't want that no 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 I hate that feeling it's like well yeah and 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 it's with that it's like uh, say for example if someone's in a deficit or whatever and that's that's the result of it like they feel all those feelings it's like you could do that in a lesser of a way. Uh, maybe you like maybe they reduce the calories less. Maybe they extend their daily walk a little bit further exactly. and they negate it in another way. But it's like it has to make sense to you because if, like, for example, this girl you just mentioned, if she's like, oh, I also need to be on top form at my job at the minute. I'm trying to get a promotion, and she's got anxiety and really impacted. It's like, okay, what's more important to you right now? Mm-hmm. Well, I want both okay, well, something's got, something's got to give something and we need to look at a different approach. And then that's where Sasha and I say, you could do it this way. You could do it this way. But what do you think is possible? What's realistic? Yeah, exactly. Um, No, so it's, you know what, it's so true. And it's like, I said to her, I was like, well, she's like, no, but I really, I want to lose this weight. Like it's affecting me, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, energy expenditure is going to have to go up. I said, here's the issue with that you'll probably lose weight because I mean your energy is going up so yeah of course you probably lose weight however you don't have the time I know her daily schedule like the back of my head and there's no fucking time in there to mm. do what she would need to do so she'd have to be her weekends would have to be fucking get up walk go to bed right doing that 26.2 mile yeah, walk literally <laughs> right and she, she can't do that. So that's when you look at resources. How, do you have the resources to do this if we're not going to change your diet whatsoever? No. So obviously then it was like, okay, so I do, do I go to the gym more? And it's like, no. And this is what we also wanted to touch upon quickly in the, this um, podcast, just what I wrote in uh, on an Instagram post, my, my one of, you know, hardly any Instagram posts that I do at the moment. But I said, we need to load more than normal. Am I? Do you think? I feel like you're more consistent. Yeah thanks um but separating those two so people want to lose weight and then they all they think oh let's go to the gym and it's like guys if anything increasing your energy expenditure will might probably lead as in in the gym lifting weights will probably lead to if anything a little bit of nice 
need to be mm. careful <laughs> a little bit of nice weight gain mm. no because you're going to be hungrier because your body's going to literally literally need food and who was it that said this to me the other day um, my friend who was all, oh, this is my friend, an old client, but a, a very good friend to, to me now. She's been in this like muscle lose weight, muscle lose weight, muscle lose weight, muscle lose weight since she was a fucking kid, right? Because she was heavier when she was a kid. She's not now, but she's still in the mindset of being bigger. And she recently got into jujitsu and MMA and stuff like that. And she's now she's doing a lot of it. I'm talking hours and hours a week, right? And she said, it's so nice because when I eat now, I'm like, oh my God, if I need to eat now. And if I don't eat, then I won't be able to do my um, uh, my mat time tomorrow with jiu-jitsu. So can you see, she's doing more exercise, but she's literally... So that's when you need also need to wave. Is If the only goal is weight loss and you don't give a shit about anything else, um, I'd say less, obviously some weight training, because I think everyone in the world should be doing it if they can, um, but less weight training, more walking <laughs> walking and just being active in general but people yeah. don't think that people think oh, i need to train six times a week it's like no if anything if, if you only care about weight loss you don't want to be doing that no it's funny isn't it it's like it's our, our, the misconceptions around training weight training and weight loss is just absolutely fucking bonkers and it's like also like gym if you look back through time and like human history, gyms are a relatively new concept. Yeah. Exactly. How do people do it before? Yeah. You know, gym is, I think of the gym from conversations with, with, with the guys at OPEX and whatever, like the gym is a big old playground, right? It's yeah. basically what's outside put into machines and weights and whatever and put inside, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, um, like, think of it like a climbing wall, right? A, a bouldering wall. A bouldering wall is just an imitation of a wall outside. So you can just practice inside. You're practicing to do it outside, right? We have taken like our natural ability to move outside and, and climb over things and lift things when we need to and move. And all we've done is created this, this room with loads of stuff in. It's just, that's what it is. It's for, like, and Matt said on the call earlier, and I think I put in my post, didn't I? Let me just check, just in case I've made this up at the bottom of my... Um, yeah, physical expression, not personal punishment. So it's just our ability to express ourselves physically because, like Matt said, we can't do it any other time. No. And it's almost like it's in us. It's in. Don't get me wrong, we are programmed to be lazy and, and seek comfort and hibernate and eat and then rest and whatever. But... There is also a part of us that just wants to like, I don't know, fucking run up a hill or climb over a wall or pick something up that's fucking really heavy or like throw something or run really fast or it's in us. Yeah. But that has got nothing to do with reducing the size of our body. No. Do you know what's really somewhere? I've just found an article. um, Ironically, it's on the Les Mills website, which is quite funny, but it's like talking about the first gyms and stuff. And um, it, it seems like they probably started off as like gymnasiums, you know, like for gymnastics, that's probably yeah, yeah, where it started. Yeah. But then when you look at like the ones that are in, so it said the first one started in like, uh, like the very late 1700s, but then early 1800s, 
like the ones that are here, that the picture um, of one here in 1850 is the Boston YMCA. And it's got uh, like ladders in the gym because that's ultimately, isn't it? It's like you're doing stuff outside and it's like, oh, go up that ladder, come back down again for me. Go up that ladder. It probably, it probably baffles me. Like uh, this is one of those things that when I think about like space and the infinite amount of, 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 of fucking stars there is and shit, like this is it's similar for me. Is I lose myself in it. I go into... um. Oh, nice. Thank you for sending it. Um, I go into like a wormhole of like, what am I doing? It, 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 it's absolutely mental. Like, you know, you think of functional training and what, how, what can we do in the gym that helps us outside? And then when I really think about what that means, my whole idea of a program is completely flipped on its head. And I'm like, okay, well, lifting something, but not in a perfect position, like a deadlift you know load the hammies glutes um uh pack your lats in whatever like mate it's like well no because what if you've got to lift up a um a really awkwardly shaped rock you can't do that or like climbing over something okay what if it's a little bit too too tall you're probably gonna have to jump yeah hands up and then push okay you need to get up that hill pretty quickly okay so that takes like the whole like interval thing out of my head and then like when you're pulling something you're probably gonna pull it in a more awkward way than in a lovely seated position and it, and it literally I get into like a fucking mad state where I'm like but it makes it much more mean. yeah you know what you mean something that's highlighted that to me recently is one of my clients is signed up for Tough Mudder which is very much like just literally obstacle course yeah. isn't it like you are you are literally pulling yourself up over over awkwardly you're not correctly doing like a tricep dip to get up on two <laughs> do you know what I mean you're not like you're doing it in reverse you're literally any way shape or form that you can get up over that yeah you're getting put over it you don't, you're not thinking about it like in that way so it's and it is really interesting and I think uh, I think as well like maybe it's it's maybe it's something that I think more so like with when I train older clients I think more about like yeah, yeah. Today, you think about it less so when it's because someone's like I want to get a deadlift out like do you know what I mean it's very much like gym the life sometimes which is weird absolutely and that's when it comes to like I've made the mistake you know like um the whole flat back thing has been god it was drilled into our minds you know in the in the um 2010s when it was like, God, if you have a round back when you're deadlifting, like you may as well like stop because you're going to snap your spine in half or whatever. And it's like, no, your, your spine is meant to be flexed and then it will be extended sometimes. And then the goal is not to be strong in neutral, it's to be strong in flexion, neutral and extension. So, and then, and then you're like, God, and I hurt my back from trying to be so neutral all the time. So mm-hmm. now, like, I, I really can't flex. So, for example, I could probably perfectly with a very flat back um, do a 100 kilo deadlift without any, you know, I'd literally lift it up and be like, next. Put a 60 kilo, so way less sandbag on the floor. I'll struggle to lift it. Mm. Why? It's much lighter. Yeah. Look at the position I'm in. My, I can't physically, I am not strong in a position that is, has, that, the fitness industry told me was the only position I was supposed to lift a weight in mm. you see what I mean so it's like if so if I was training a fucking farmer right why would I be having him doing perfect deadlifts I wouldn't yeah. I'd be like pick up that fucking awkward thing over there carry it over there put it down pick it up again have a rest 
put it on that step, it's like, what are you training for? If, if you want to be able to lift the most amount of weight possible, like I'm talking like power lifter, strong man's shit, you need to be strong in flexion. Yeah. That, that, that fucking back is going to bend whether you like it or not. And you need to be ready for it. And it's the people who hurt their backs are people who train neutral, neutral spine, neutral spine, shoulder blades back, pull, pull your shoulders back, chest up. And it's like, no, you're, you're teaching people how to do things in a position that they're never going to be doing it in ever. How often do you lift something up the floor in a fucking perfect conventional deadlift stance? Yeah. Never. And that's when I lose myself. So I'm like, I need to stop because <laughs> everything I've ever known will just become obsolete. And I'll just be like, <laughs> what is it we said on the first episode of this podcast? It's like, um, uh, the truth will set you free, but at first it'll piss you off. I'll tell you what, the truth fucking pissed me off. <laughs> the neutral spine, it's like, what's neutral? What's neutral for you, Jess? It's, com- it's not neutral for me. What's neutral for me isn't neutral to Dan. What's neutral to Dan isn't neutral to Matt. Luna's fucking lives a life in flexion. <laughs> you know? and, it, and it's like, so that's when, you know, some people be like, oh, you can, I can hear cues. And I'm not, you know, I'm not talking shit about anyone in the gym. This is just life. I, I hear um, chest up, brace shoulder blades back all this and I'm like and then I think of the position that those three cues are going to put you in and I'm like you probably don't want to be in that position really ribs up shoulder blades back um back straight you'd fucking (laughs) (laughs) you're like you're a a seagull on the beach with its chest literally puffed out and it's going to put you into a really unnatural position and you're probably not going to be able to then you'll just be strong like that but you're never really going to be like that you shouldn't be like that and then and then but then me perfect example then you start living in that position I was walking yeah you said that's where you suffered isn't it yeah it's mental like my dad always used to go Sasha shoulders back shoulders back and I'd sit at the table and I'd (laughs) I'd jam my shoulders back which essentially just took my spine way out and put my chest up and then I trained like it I sat like it I walked like it and before you know it I'm stuck I can't do anything else and I've got to fix it. It took me two years. So going back to what we were saying, be skeptical. Be skeptical mm. of the cues. You know, I was sending a, a feedback video to my client who's in Melbourne and and I, I, I said to her on a split squat, I was like, oh no, that I said that's really good. And I said, let me tell you why it's good. Because I was like, I need to stop just telling people that things are good because no one fucking knows why. Yeah, yeah. Not you said yeah. yeah. I stopped myself and I said, oh, let me just tell you why it's good. The reason it's good is because blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, oh, so that was actually helpful rather than me being like, yeah, that's good because um, I've been told it's good my whole life. Mm. No, why is it good? Yeah. <laughs> good, good summary. Yeah, that pod took um, a turn at the end, actually. I liked it. It was good. Um what time is it okay perfect guys that was great first part of the year ticked great, off great first you, part. yeah if you've been enjoying it give us a share Please. i know you're all listening and i know you're thinking do you know what though i'm not going to share because somebody else will share but do you know what they might not share so your share goes very very far so please do tag us and 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 give it this is your reminder don't switch off share it 
share it. Screenshot, share it. Absolutely. And we shall see you next week for episode number 32. Um, yeah, have a great rest of the first week of the year. And yeah, we shall see you very soon. Peace. Peace. Ciao. Bye. <laughs>